Thank you. Thank you. Man, you guys are great. What an ovation. Thank you. Thank you. Wow. Thank you. Man, you guys are great. I want to start off this show by letting everyone know that this show did not, almost did not happen today. I was flying in to Wichita from Cincinnati. Is that CVG trying to get on the plane? And I was going through the TSA scanners. And uh, it was my turn to get in the metal detector. And the next thing I know, this thing goes off. And 20 TSA guards, or 20 TSA agents, excuse me, have their guns pointed at me. I'm like, oh, fuck. I'm about to die. And uh, it wasn't it wasn't until a couple seconds later where uh, one of them goes, he's got a gun. He's got two of them. And I realized that they were talking about my muscles. Thank you, thank you. Boy, do we got a show for you guys tonight. Mean G, Alex Glick returns to the show tonight. Yeah, that's right. He's back from his rap tour in Canada. And boy, he's got a lot to say. Mean G, mean G and I review LeBron James' biggest lies and exaggerations. And I've got a lot, of my, a lot on my mind, too. And I'm calling somebody's ass out tonight before we go off the air. Now, let's get this show rolling. It is my honor to bring back to the show the one, the only, Mean G, Alex Glick. Thank you, thank you. As a two-time, Jordan, it's uh, Minji. I, I I gotta hear about this rap career, man. Let let's let's talk about it. Like, you were in Canada for the last two weeks. Obviously, cold up there. Canada not known for having the best rap, but it's nice for you as a guy who grew up in the hood in Cincinnati to be able to fly up to Canada and give them your talent, show off your skills. Let's hear about it, man. Yeah, no, it was uh, it was it was a great time. Really, did a lot of work with Drake, a lot of work with Nav, did a uh, a couple performances with The Weekend, you know. But I, I really, I think two weeks was enough for me, and I think I really did all I needed uh, to do in the rap game. You know, I, I left my uh, I left my mark on the history of rap, and I, I think I'm ready to move on and you know get back to work. Yeah. Well, what was your what was what was one of your key moments from being up there? Because you, you were having sold out shows, man. Like. Yeah, I would. You, I would Drake, definitely. like you, you sold off the Air Canada Center, and that's a hard place to sell out. It is. It's very hard to sell. Out. You know, like I said, it helps when you have Canada's favorite son in the building. Uh, that being the weekend, not Drake. But you know, I, I'd say the key moment was when uh, all four of us—me, Drake, Nav, and Weekend—we all just stood up there and took a bow. And I, I really recognized that. You know, I'm just better than all three of them. You know. Yeah, uh, dude. I, I, I heard that. That concert you had probably beat the South Park concert over in Colorado, and uh, you got to feel real, real good about yourself for that one. That's that's high praise because that's some tough competition that they got down in South Park. Yeah, it was it was nice of you to be able to tour all around Canada. I, I just want to know what was your favorite city up there that you did. Uh, I I was a big fan of uh, Saskatchewan. Honestly, they're uh, good people, good food, just a uh, good environment all around. You know. Yeah. Well. If it's okay with you, let, let's move on and let, let's start talking about LeBron James, man. Hell of a basketball player, obviously one of the greats of all, greatest of all time. Up there with Michael Jordan, everyone has their opinions on who's better, MJ or Michael, or excuse me, MJ or LeBron James. And uh, I don't really care for, uh, I don't really care for that argument. I, I think both are great and I, re, I like watching both of them when they're on, or excuse me, like seeing Michael Jordan highlights when it's on. I like watching LeBron when he is on. 
Still wish he was with Cleveland, though. But, man, he's he's good at lying and, and exaggerating a lot of shit, don't you think? Like he He does the thing that I think once you reach a certain level in life in terms of how great you are, because obviously LeBron is great. We're not here to debate that. Oh, there's no once, argument. There. Once you reach, once you reach a certain point in life where you're great, I think you start just kind of messing around and seeing what all you can get away with, dropping little hints of like, yeah, I knew Kobe was going to drop 81 points. I predicted that shit. That was all me. Yeah. Just dropping hints, seeing how many people agree with you and how many people are like, wow, this this man's insane. Yeah, uh, did I? Luckily, one of our fans of the show compiled a list of uh, a list of his biggest lies and exaggerations. Uh, first, first one we got to talk about, man. It's the Godfather lie. LeBron, LeBron, and his—I forget who it was. I think it was one of his buddies. For the longest time, said he was a big Godfather fan. Like he he watched it all the time. Big movie fan. But in his interview after or during the NBA Finals, uh, I think it was in maybe 2016. This interview happened. One of the reporters was nice enough to ask him. It was Chris Broussard. Uh, Chris Broussard actually, uh, I, I want to quote Chris Broussard here. In 2016, during the NBA Finals, the year Cleveland won it, what what LeBron did do did do was last night he settled himself down. He watched The Godfather Part Two. He has taken to watching The Godfather now throughout the the entire postseason. No social media, no Sports Center, none of that stuff. He's watching movies. He's watched The Godfather six times this postseason. That's a lot of times, and you th- you think watching it that many times you would know, but he goes on to say, last night it just settled down. It's about family and so many other things, so that's got him into the mood, and he, <laughs> hold on, what what's the rest of this say? Let me get a full screen, hold on. And he, he, it got him in the mood to go bust 41 tonight, so after one of the post-game interviews, uh, this is when Golden State was uh, up 3-2 to two in the series. But let's just listen here. It's a question uh, not related to the game, but since uh, it has been a lot of publicity yesterday and today about Godfather Part Two, which is the the scene or or the moment or the phrase or the quote you like more from the movie? Oh, from the Godfather. Uh, um, it's so many different phrases uh, and too many different lines in that movie to just. Uh, <laughs> categorize one um, but which is the one which inspiration you more I mean each movie is nine hours long I mean what do you want me to do <laughs> I mean there's so many I don't know that you pick one hour or what it is it's a great trilogy I will yeah. say this is this is a lower level LeBron lie on the spectrum because looking at it He's got a point. The Godfather movies are long, and sometimes I don't remember direct quotes from, like, a TV show that I watched 20 minutes ago. So while this is still a bad look for him, this is uh, this is at least somewhat believable. You would think he could pick a better movie that he's maybe actually a watch that he could pull a quote out of, but, like, when you, when you go around saying you're watching something six times, someone's going to call you out and ask for one of your favorite quotes, and... He got caught out on his bullshit right there. What's your thoughts on this, man? I don't know. It's a long movie. I don't. I watched it six times. I can't remember one word from it. There's quite a few lines, as there are in every movie. (laughs) A full script. Topzilla. (laughs) I can't even pronounce his name. He he just goes by Topzilla on Twitter. 
He said LeBron acting like he invented some crazy idea with a deluxe album. Dog, this man is a menace. Let's listen oh, into this, this is one. Is this the uh, the two chains interview? Let's let's listen. Let's see what he has to say. Sixteen tracks. We want to do fourteen. But is there a problem with a week or two weeks after the album drop with the fourteen tracks that we add the deluxe album and add the two songs back? I think that's hard. I think it'll be a conversation of. Oh shit, this man has some more, but he couldn't fit it into the album. Thank y'all for taking on this ride with me. Yeah. You know what? Here go two more for y'all. Yeah. It sounds like she should be on that track. Either you do it or not. But like, jeez, that sounds like her. So, <laughs> what do you got? What do you got to think about that, Glick? This is uh, this is another lower level uh, LeBron line. Because he wasn't. He skirted around the idea too much. He didn't want to. He didn't want to outright say, "Yeah, I came up with this." He just kind of sprinkled it in, like, "Yeah, I was wondering why. Uh, why can't we just add two more tracks or something later on?" You know. So this is another lower level of Ron Lai. Yeah, it's I, ridiculous. Just say that you talked about a deluxe album. You don't gotta explain what a deluxe album is. The the best part is he's saying it to two chains out of all people. <laughs> Saying it to the man who's dropping the album. <laughs> Lucky Lefty on social media. Uh, th- this is this is a good one. He's oh the cast. Lefty. Oh, this is a great one. He tweeted out the magic broken hand and fake cast in the finals. Even though he was throwing alley oops to himself off the backboard, the game that game will or the game before will always be my favorite. Man, <laughs> and in the in the picture, it's LeBron having the black cast. That that's that's it up just to make sure the camera sees it. That's a top that's a top tier one right there. That's another that's maybe my favorite, just for the simple fact that he took that shit from Ben Roethlisberger. Big Ben used to do that every game that they lost. He would walk into the interview or walk into practice the next day in a boot, like he was got home from the goddamn war. Why do you think he's doing it in the do you think he's doing it for sympathy? Like do you, does he want like ESPN to roll with me? Like LeBron James just dropped fifty tonight with a broken hand, but ignore the fact that he was throwing alley oops to himself <laughs> before the game even started. See, this is this is what I was talking about earlier. Once you reach a point of greatness, you get to the point where like LeBron dropping fifty with alley oops is nothing. That's just normal shit. So he was like, "All right, I need I need some sort of coverage. Let's just say I did it with like a sprained wrist or something like that. Just just sprinkle in like the Jordan flu game." God. That, By the way, he absolutely didn't have a flu game. That was food poisoning. Someone from the hotel poisoned that man. They, they were trying to take MJ out and it didn't even work. They wanted him out of there. Oh, God. That, 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 I just think that's a good – Just the, oh, our, viewers, our viewers can't see this. The ones that are listening in outside of the studio, they can't oh, the see way this. He's just raising up his hand just to make sure it's center frame. Be like, oh, the camera's over there. Let me just the, – right here. The best part about this is this just looks like rap. Like it, do- it doesn't look like an actual like cast that's supposed to help support your hand. I didn't think that because his wrist is able to move. Yeah, so. it it looks so. I don't know, man. It, that that's a good lie by LeBron right there. That's that's one of those when you when you like step on your dog and your dog is perfectly fine, like but it limps around for a little because it wants you to feel bad for doing it. <laughs> this this one. Oh my god, this might be. This is a really bad one. This is this is one that's borderline a bit disrespectful. This is some shit that you keep to yourself. Like he could feel this way legitimately, but this is some shit that you keep to yourself. Yeah, uh, 
curse underscore TLFO on Twitter. He 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 wants to talk about the the I guess it's the first game that the Lakers had after Kobe Bryant passed away. I don't, I don't know and, if it was the first game, but it was one of the it was one of those next few. Yeah, well, he, LeBron was quoted saying, or LeBron James had one of the best dunks of the game, and honestly, it was probably just an average LeBron dunk. But just given the story behind it with Kobe's death, it was probably. It was, if I remember at the time, he did a uh, dunk that was very similar to one that Kobe did in the early yeah. 2000s. And people were matching up the videos. And, uh, and like, oh, I'm, sh- I'm sure going into this game, LeBron was like, if I get the opportunity, I'm going to try and do a Kobe dunk. But See, I, I don't it, know if it went that far. I think he just happened to do this windmill, and it looked like a Kobe dunk. And he was wearing a Lakers jersey. Yeah, well. But what he said that, after- that, that makes this better because if LeBron wasn't actually trying to do this dunk – that is shown here in this picture. Uh, I'm sure one of the reporters or someone said it to him after the game. Man, that looked like Kobe's dunk, and he probably was like, "You know what? Yeah, I meant that." That, that would. It was like it, this is LeBron's quote, like right here. It was like Kobe came down and took over my body for that dunk. I'm sure LeBron was like, "I'm gonna roll with this one," and the reporters are gonna have to go with it too. But God, that's such a horrible one, don't you think? It's just like I said. That's some shit that you can believe that. Uh, genuinely, I don't want to hate on people's like spiritual whatever stuff, but you you keep that soon. You keep that shit to yourself. God, that's that's just really bad. All right, let's let's listen into this one. This this is probably a good one. Oh, this is old Bron. This is old Bron. This is this is when he was talking about doing the dunk t- competition. You're doing a great job. Now, Kenny Smith is trying to out you for next year's competition. You guys are pointing at each other, inquiring minds and the fans want to know, LeBron, are you going to compete next year? Right now, I'm preliminary putting my name in the 2010 dunk contest. LeBron, of course. Proceeded to uh, never participate in the dunk contest. All, all the hype the of his career. All the hype with no results. Man, that that's that's typical LeBron right there. I I remember growing up. I I remember watching ESPN and him talking about this, and I was always hyped because I thought he would, he would actually do the dunk contest. But uh, now he's in his late thirties, and obviously that's never going to happen. But yeah, I when I was a kid, I used to just pray for the day that that man went into the dunk contest. Let's 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 listen into this it one. It would be borderline unfair. King DJ underscore five two nine seven with this one. I've never been one of those guys. I don't even know how to do it. I don't. I don't. I've never been one of those guys. I don't even know how to do it. Has no idea how to flop. Genius. <laughs> the LeBron James man. What? The simple. The simplest part of uh, basketball is flopping because all you got to do is just fall to the ground. Has no idea how to fall though. I, I, I like how I like how DJ put this in the tweet and said top five LeBron James lie. <laughs> oh boy, let's let's move on to the next one. Oh, this, this is a good one. Reporters asking. Oh, this but, is probably my favorite. This one's probably one of, my one of the things I've always I've always said about LeBron James is when he has a book in his post game interviews. That man is not he, reading. <laughs> he is always on the first page because this man has never read a book. Um, so you're holding the autobiography of Malcolm X along with Alex Haley. I don't know how far you are into the book, but what's your biggest takeaway so far? Um, I kind of just started a couple of days ago. Um, 
but um, I've read and a lot of a lot of notes over the years. Um, it's my first time actually reading this from start to finish, um, which is a very um, very smart man, very 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 smart man, and basically um, his words in the in the sixties and, uh, and what was going on. Is actually what's going on today. He's talking yeah. about Malcolm X and his, his words from the 60s, but I don't think he can pull one up. Pull a quote up for Malcolm X. Oh, the issue here, and this is, this is why it's my favorite one. Oh, there's, there's a little more to this one. Uh, we are. Uh, but we have to unite. And uh, we have to be together. We have to stand strong. Because there's always going to be obstacles. There's always going to be um, you know, things that's going to be thrown at us where they try to weaken us. They try to fill up, make us feel like we're not kings and queens. Um, All right, we'll stop it there. So basically, basically what I what I got, what I got from this, if, if I was a reporter in, in this uh, in this room right now, asking LeBron that question and listening to that answer, I'm taking away that he has obviously not read this Malcolm X book that he has claimed that he is going to read or ha has read. He's, he's actually admitted that in the video, like I'm on the first page, but then he goes on to say, I've actually read some notes over the years from Malcolm X and uh, just the things from the 60s. He, I, I, can, I can honestly say I'm like 95% sure that he doesn't know a Malcolm X quote, and which is why I think he started going back to the, uh, we, ha we have to unite and like bring us together. Because like you, you can say, oh, uh, say, oh, like Malcolm X definitely said that in the past and it, like I'm sure he has. Like, if anyone's ever listened to a Malcolm X speech or uh, one of the interviews or speeches that he's done, you'll get that message from it. But later Malcolm X, yes. Early Malcolm X, not so much. So if he's at the beginning of the book, he's not reading that shit. It's it's like a common pattern too. I remember seeing on social media a couple of years ago, uh, like th this tweet right here by SD underscore the Juice Man. Is he goes like, bro? Clearly, ain't read this book, man. Like, you see how you see how frustrated he uh, looked when the reporter was like, "Oh, I see you have a uh, the Malcolm X uh, autobiography in your hands. What's some of your takeaway?" You see how mad he was when he looked. He was like, oh, "Don't ask me to give answers about the damn book." <laughs> you, you would think, because uh, this has happened multiple times too, where they're always asking, like, "What what's your favorite quote from this or that?" And it's like you you would think if you were LeBron, you. At this point, you'd stop bringing books to the freaking post-game press conference. You know what he needs to do? You know what LeBron needs to do? Let's hear if it. If he doesn't want to read the books himself or he doesn't have time because he's going and obviously training and doing a lot of other hard work, he needs to get somebody to give him a little cheat, like somebody who has read the book, to just give him a cheat sheet, somebody he trusts. So that when he brings the book in, people can ask him these questions. And he's like, funny enough, I've written down some of my favorite parts of the book right here. I feel like every every time he goes in there with the book, sometimes I feel like he might not even realize he has the book in his hand. But as soon as that reporter asks him the question, he goes, "This motherfucker, man!" <laughs> oh God damn it! You don't gotta ask me about the book, man. Yeah, I know. I know you got more, Glick. Let, let's let's hear a couple from you. That I have uh, my favorite. So the only ones that really came to mind were that Malcolm X one. Uh, I think he did a similar thing with The Alchemist or another book like that, something like that. But my, uh, my favorite one of all time was they were interviewing, I think he was still in Cleveland the first time. Uh, like, this was young LeBron. And Kobe dropped 81 on Jalen Rose. We all know that. And they did some sort of, I don't know if it comes from a documentary or if it was an ESPN piece or whatever. But LeBron took the interview 
and just straight up said he was like, yeah, I knew that was coming. The uh, the the day of, I I looked at my friends because we were all sitting around watching the about to watch the game, and I said, I think he's going for eighty tonight. <laughs> <laughs> which is just an insane thing like take somebody else's achievement the great at least the greatest scoring game that i've ever seen i know wilt has the 100 points or whatever but i obviously wasn't allowed uh alive for that but the greatest like individual scoring achievement i've ever seen in a game and just be like yeah i knew that shit was coming <laughs> yeah i my, I think one of my all-time favorite LeBron moments, uh, my, I, I would say take this with a grain of salt because uh, I, I this is a while ago for me, but do you, do you remember his dunk when Michael Jordan owned the Charlotte Bobcats and the Miami Heat played and Le, Michael Jordan is uh, sitting in Huh? I said MJ still owns Charlotte. They're just not the Bobcats. Well, yeah, they're not the Bobcats. The Hornets now. But do you remember that dunk where he stared right at Michael Jordan as he was dunking? And then yeah. in the post-game press know, conference, one of the reporters said, yeah, uh, you you stared right at Michael Jordan with the, like, I don't know if it was a mean look or not, but, like, you could it tell. Was, like, it, was, it was a mean mug after a dunk. It was typical basketball stuff. And someone was like, were, were you trying to, like, send him a message? And he goes, no, nah, there was no message behind that. Like, I was just dunking the ball. <laughs> like, I just think that's one of my all-time favorites because, like, you can see why people would, would assume – He's trying to send something to Michael Jordan, like, I'm the greatest of all time, not you. And Not even that, or just something as simple as, like, hey, I'm, I am whooping your team right now, man. <laughs> just yeah. anything. But, no, he, uh, good Lord. I want to talk more about LeBron James, but uh, first we got to get a word from our sponsors. We'll be right back. When you're hungry, you know is no. There's only one place you can go. Juicy pork, smoked sausage and all-you-can-eat barbecue. It's Big Rick's Barbecue, located between a Dollar General and a daycare center. Mm-mm. Speed, charisma, hard-hitting action, jaw-dropping plays. It's Telerik, it's Gorman, it's D-Town's Kingdom, it's Hall of Fame coach Cudarella. This is the Hallway Hockey League. This is the HHL. Thank you. Thank you. Welcome back. Welcome back to the show. We have Alex Glick here in the studio still. Mean G. Mean G, we got a, we got a great segment coming up. We got Glick's Picks, the world-famous Glick's Picks. Take it away, Mean G. All right. So I don't have a lot for you guys this week, but I've got some Glick guarantees. That's what I got. So, in the world of baseball, now this one's a bit of an upset, I feel like, but I have the Mets taking the series over the Yankees this week. And then I also have the Braves taking the series over the Pirates. Now, my reasoning for that is, you know what? I think Aaron Judge is going to fall off. This is when it happens. Finally, we will be rid of this man. You think after, you think after 50 home runs, he's, he's falling off? He's falling off a cliff, buddy. He is out of there. Oh, God. Just in time for the extension. Uh, and over in the world of uh, English soccer, the English Premier League to be exact, uh, I have Liverpool beating United. Feels like that's a pretty easy pick after what just happened to uh, United last week. 
And uh, then later on in the week, I have Manchester City winning over Crystal Palace. Feels like another pretty easy pick, at least in my opinion. Right now, uh, Holland and KDB look pretty unstoppable. So now bringing it back to America real quick. Uh, later on in the week, we have the iconic Hell is Real rivalry. Oh, that's a good rivalry. For that, I have to take the hometown FC Cincinnati over the Columbus crew. Hell is real, and FC Cincinnati will introduce Columbus to it. Now, finally, after a nice summer break that, funny enough, coincided with my own, uh, F1 comes back. They're racing at Spa in Belgium. And I think that with the new regulations, or not new regulations, but new stricter hold on the regulations. I think Ferrari and Red Bull might lose a bit of a step, and I think Mercedes is back. I think Lewis Hamilton gets his first one of the year. Verstappen will come in second, followed right by George Russell. So, I want, I want to, You want to talk about Clash at the Castle? We can, yes. Let's talk about it. So, first match, we got Liv Morgan, the champion, versus Shayna Baszler. I personally, with Triple H running the show now, He's building Shayna Baszler back up to be an unstoppable unstoppable beast like she was in NXT. Obviously, previously an MMA fighter. Going against Liv Morgan, not much there to talk about with her. You know what I, I think? I, th- I think Shayna Baszler's taking it. You know what I think? Let's hear it. I think Liv Morgan heel turn. She's keeping the championship. Do, do you think they're going to do, do a double turn with – with Shayna going, or Shayna going, I think, I think that how they ended it at the last at SummerSlam with a little like she tapped out, but she ended up winning anyway thing. Mm-hmm. I think they're just gonna fully lean into her being like, "Yeah, I'll do whatever I need to," and we got a new heel champion. We got Bianca Belair, Alexa Bliss, and Asuka versus Bailey, Dakota Kai, and Io Shirai, who now goes by Io Sky. And they're winning this very easily. They're There's coming no, back. They got to build them up. There is there is no doubt in my mind that Bailey, Dakota Kai, and Io Sky are taking or are, are leaving Clash of the Castle with the win. That's that's a group of some of the most talented, not not even just female, just talented wrestlers in WWE. So you got to build them up. They're they're taking that. You got Matt Riddle versus Seth freaking Rollins. You got four twenty bro versus the Architect. The Joker wannabe, Seth Rollins. I, I've i got Seth Rollins winning this because he, he just came off his feud not too long ago with Cody Rhodes, losing three matches, or maybe it was two. I'm not entirely sure off the top of my head. But I think he needs a win at, at, at a big stage because he hasn't had one in a while. He obviously didn't compete at SummerSlam. Riddle wasn't medically cl- clear to compete, and I'm not sure if that was part of the storyline or not. But I see Seth Rollins walking out after beating Riddle, after beating Matt Riddle, uh, I'm I'm sure it's gonna be in convincing fashion too. Just you got you got to build them back up because with uh with Raw looking to get another champion back on the show, you're gonna to have to have Seth Rollins uh, being the bigger star here. So Until I, I do back agree. at least. I do agree. I think Seth Rollins goes over in that match, but I, my question is just what are they doing with Matt Riddle now? Like where I, are we going from here? I don't know. I I can see him being like a work, workhorse champion, like. Like how they used to do it in the '80s and '90s with the Intercontinental Belt, I can see him being that guy because he gets over with the crowd well. Like obviously, when he has his entrance, the crowd goes nuts for him, especially when especially when he was with Randy Orton. But I can see them kind of slowly. Uh, they keep they keep putting him I, in situations where I don't think he can win. 
I will tell you what, I can see Randy Orton returning and helping Riddle beat Seth Rollins, or I can also see Randy Orton coming back, turning heel on Riddle, and Riddle goes face, makes him a bigger star competing against a heel Randy Orton. I could see that as well. I think I would like that. I'd like that better because that gets him that gets him into a feud that he can win and that gives Seth Rollins his important win too. So that I think that's the most ideal scenario. For the Intercontinental Championship, we have Gunther with uh with his uh I, I wouldn't call him a manager, he's not obviously, but he talks for Gunther. Uh with Ludwig Kaiser uh versus Sheamus, who is with Butch and Ridge Holland. I don't see Sheamus winning this just because they haven't done enough buildup and the fact that Gunther hasn't lost a match since he's, well, he's lost one match, but just the fact that they're building him to be this dominant force. And he's, I don't know if this is his hometown. I don't even know if it's home country because originally he was, he was a British wrestler. Then they, then they changed his gimmick and turned him into a German wrestler. And that's why they paired him with Ludwig Kaiser. Uh, I, I see Gunther winning this one. What do you think? I also see Gunther winning this, but this is another case of uh, I just no longer know what they're going to be doing with Sheamus going forward. Uh, we have Roman Reigns, the undisputed champion, versus Drew McIntyre. I'm going to – I won't, hear me out. I think Roman Reigns is winning this because you've had uh, you've had Killian Cross the last three weeks intervening every time that Drew McIntyre has gotten involved with anything. I think they're. I think there's a good chance that they could throw him in there, and make it a triple threat match at this point in time with only one week, with only one show left until Clash at the Castle. But I don't know. I can see. I can see uh, Cross coming in and uh, costing Roman Reigns the title. I can also see him coming in and helping Roman Reigns and costing McIntyre his uh, hometown crowd win. But I, it would be such a great story for Drew McIntyre after after winning the Rumble in 2020 and then having that amazing story going into WrestleMania and then COVID like ruining that. Like he was a great champion, don't get me wrong, but he would like when when they went to the Thunderdome and didn't have live crowds, that just ruined everything. And I I think I think he I can see Triple H giving uh, McIntyre his moment that he's been waiting for for a long time. But Roman Reigns has been champion for almost 800 days at this point and. I, I just think if if he were to lose, it'd be at like a mania. But I don't see the, I don't see him holding the title for three big, manias in a row. Big to lose at a non-big four pay per view. So and also I think, but 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 there but so I, but this is at the stadium with I think they sold like eighty thousand tickets already for this show. It could be and it could be Drew winning, but my issue is that somewhere down the line, I I think Theory is champion. I don't mm-hmm. think he's going to cash in and lose. They wouldn't. He's too much of a prodigy at this point. That's another so thing. Too, my yeah. question. My question is: If Drew McIntyre wins, how long are they really going to give him to be champion? And wouldn't it make more sense to just keep Roman the champion, let him have his streak? You said he's on eight hundred days now, or something like that. Like seven hundred something. It's close. I know let that. Let him continue this streak, and then when Theory cashes in it boosts Theory up way bigger than if Theory just fights Drew. Not that Drew isn't marketed as a powerhouse and not that he's not a great wrestler or anything like that. But I think it makes more sense in the long run if you really do want to build Theory up as this, like, next coming of, like, this is your next star. This is your next, I don't know, John Cena or something like that. If you really want to build him up like that, I think the best way to do it is by having him break Roman's, like, long-ass streak of just a title reign and not give Drew McIntyre, like, I don't want to say a pity championship, but, like, a makeup championship for when he won and COVID happened. Yeah, this, this is, 
honestly, think, this one of split the belt again here soon. They're going to eventually. I know USA. It's USA cool. It's cool just, for the Roman gimmick. It's cool for the Roman gimmick to have him and the whole crew be like dominating and have all mm-hmm. the belts. But it needs to be split because you can't just sit there and only have like one main. No, I, I 100% agree. The I I just don't know how they'll they'll I don't know how they're gonna break up the championships though. It's I don't know either, but I just I it, it needs to be done because there's too many. It, it it might seem a little bit on the softer side of things, but there's too many people that deserve a championship than to just keep them like that. It's either they need to break it up or they need to start working with like AEW and Ring of Honor somehow and start splitting championships with them more, which that I don't, that I mean, it's Triple H, I, so it could be different, but I don't see that. Ever I don't ever see it happening. I didn't even, I, I didn't even think of theory uh, going at There's just so many possibilities. This is like the first main event in a while. Like, that really I've like, that I've like paid like so much attention to where I'm like, I really don't know who's going to win this. Like, yeah. SummerSlam, I, I, there's no way Lesnar is winning that. Lesnar's part time, and no, he's, he's, he's taking time off as well. I mean, I'm dead set on Theory winning SummerSlam, though. I'll tell you that. I really I, thought he was just going to immediately make the jump. I thought he was too. They they had him off. Do, do, you, do you think that would that maybe have been the plan until Vince was gone? Because that that was Vince's like chosen. I think that might have been because that is Vince's. That's Vince's guy. But I also don't think that like Triple H hates him or anything because obviously Theory's still really fucking good at what he does. So, they just had a main event against Ziggler uh, last Monday. Yeah. So I, I think – I don't know. I mean, they could do the thing if they want Drew McIntyre to win. They could uh, – when's – Money in the Bank's not till next summer. And I don't think it's till next June. The, the rules work that that contract's valid until then, right? Yep. They could just wait. They could have him pull Rollins, do it at Mania, although I don't think that'd be a good idea because I think that starts to downplay – what Rollins did but I, I don't I don't know they could they could do I'll, I'll say that if they end up giving the title to uh McIntyre they gotta wait a while before Theory can cash in I, I 100% agree I I just think that'd be good storytelling if they do it that way uh yeah while we're on this uh topic of wrestling I've I've been pretty fucking pissed off lately and uh I gotta call somebody out Clark Wilhoyt you were on this show, the first episode that we ever did, three episodes ago, two episodes ago, excuse me, and you just walked off like you thought you were the shit, and I, I can't, I, I don't, I can't accept that. You came on my show, and I felt like you were trying to be the star of this show when it's mine and Glick's show. The reason why you're not in the picture of this show. So Clark Wilhoit, OG, big country Clark Wilhoit. I don't care how tall you are. I don't care how big you are, Clark. I am officially calling you out, and I am challenging you to a match at WrestleMania 39. <laughs> and I know what you're going to do, Clark. You're going to go, ho, oh, ho, ho, he's not being serious. But, uh, Clark, I am 100% serious. I will give you – real, ladies and gentlemen. I will give you everything I own, Clark, if you were to beat me at WrestleMania. And I know you can't beat me because I know this better than you do. I know more about wrestling. I know more about what it takes to be one. I've watched this for years, and you were a producer for years, Clark. I have been – this is my life, Clark. This is a huge part of my life. This is just a stepping stone for you, Clark, and I've had enough of this crap. So I'm calling you out. And I dare you, Clark, I dare you to come on our next show 
and I want an answer from you, Clark, because I have been pissed off for a while for the last couple weeks ever since you came on the show and thought it was all about you. It's not about you, Clark. It's about Glick and I. So I will give you my house. I will give you my car. I will give you my dog. I will give you my cat. I'll even give you my PS5 because I know you don't have a PS5, Clark. So I'm calling you out. I will give you a full invitation. I will book your flight all the way to Wichita so you can join Glick and I in the studio next week. And I hope you give a good answer because there's a lot of people who want to hear what you have to say. And I want to know what you have to say, Clark. I'm calling you out. You better be here and you better give an answer next week. That, that was real. That was very real. I've, I've had I've had enough of Clark. I'm, I'm tired of seeing I'm tired of seeing how good he's doing. I don't give two shits, Clark. I don't give two shits, Clark. Yeah, you think we care that you're successful? We think you care that you make more money than us? I don't. So, Clark, you have one week, and if you don't come to this show in one week, I am booking your flight. I am booking your stay here in Wichita. You are coming on this show, and you're giving me an answer. Actually, no, you're not going to give me an answer. I'm going to take that answer from you. I'm going to beat your ass at WrestleMania. I am going... I want a no disqualification match. I want Mike Chioda calling this match as a referee. I want Pat McAfee and Michael Cole on commentary. I don't know what song I'm gonna do yet, but it doesn't matter, Clark, because what does matter is at the end of the match, you're gonna be looking up into the stadium from the ground and you're gonna see me holding a belt because I'm bringing my own championship and that's the Jordan Cooter Championship, the Jordan Cooter Show Championship. And that's all that matters at this point, because I'm going to win this match. My manager, Mean G, Alex Glick, will be there with me. I will be at ringside. That's all the time we have for this show, folks. Tune in next week, because I, I, I guarantee you Clark Wilhite will be on this show, and he will give you an answer. If not, I, I will find him and beat, beat the answer from him. So that's all we have. I want to thank you guys for this show. I want to thank Glick. I want to thank all the sponsors. All the fans, all of you that have been been involved with the show the last three weeks, you guys make this show special. And without you guys, this show is not possible. So from our studios over here in Wichita, I want to say thank you and good night.